Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine. And I'm Charlie Pettit, the online editor. And we've got a new issue of the magazine Woo! coming out this Friday. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so on Friday the 22nd of October, you'll be able to pick up a shiny new issue of uh, Tabletop Gaming. Yeah. Um, which includes a huge and spooky uh, Halloween RPG scenario for Vazen. Yeah. Uh, which is the Free League uh, spooky spooky one like folklore one yeah yeah uh, it's from Mythic Britain which we helped them announce yep. last year yep it's um, one of the shows uh, and it's the scenario is written by Graham Davis um, or Davies sorry uh, who you will recognise from Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and other things like that um, he's uh, a big deal uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's um, it's all about it's called Old Meg and it's a scenario all about um, the stone women of um of English folklore, mostly English folklore anyway, um, which the uh, thing is, I can't really, this is one of my favourite bits of English folklore, um, and I can't actually tell you too much about it, because then you'll know some things, I'll be like spoiling the scenario. Oh, uh, yes, of course. If you know okay. too much. I was thinking, uh, like, because, because you don't know about it, or what? what, what? No, no, okay, no, I no, 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 <laughs> I, I really, not I spoil really the love ending. it. I really love it. Um, uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so it's all set in, it's in uh, Gloucestershire, and uh, so you've got some. Um, there's a funny bit of text in here about um, people not being able to understand the accents and stuff yeah, like that. I think that's quite good. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really jolly time. If you've not played Vason before, um, it's a uh, Year Zero engine game. So that's the classic kind of uh, free league. Roll over d sixes um, by adding uh, like a attribute and a skill that's relevant together. Um, you roll that many dice. Sixes mean you win. Mm. Hey. Hey. Um, and that's about it. And it's sort of a nice investigative time. Um, so uh, we've got that. We've got, also got um, Alien, Fate on Nostramo, uh, which is Nostromo. Nostromus? Oh, don't look at me. I don't know. It's a real ship. <laughs> a real alien ship. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, which is the Ravensburger game. We, we speak to uh, Scott Rogers about that, um, who you know from... Uh, the fact that he made uh, God of War uh, and Pac-Man World on the PS1. Those are two very different games. <laughs> they are very different games. <laughs> quite, God quite, of War is pretty epic. Of, uh, and we've got a very funny interview with um, uh, the designer of That Time You Killed Me. It's really cool. Yeah, it's I a, like it's it. just a very funny interview. Uh, it's one of those ones where I just I left it as a like just the pure Q and A because the answers are so good. You don't need my opinions, um, <laughs> just because it's just really funny. So uh, so yeah. So um, that's what's in the magazine. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk a bit about Vason, a little bit anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of kind of already uh, touched on it, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, we're going to talk about Necromolds. Oh, I'm so excited about Necromolds. Um, which you may remember is the uh, Play-Doh squishing. <laughs> um, war game. Um, uh, we played. We played that. How to make Charlie play a war game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. Play-Doh Charlie. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, it was a. Uh, uh, it was a big hit. Uh, I took it away on the weekend as well. I went to play with some friends. Uh, we were visiting. Um, again, a massive hit. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in a second. Yeah, we'll and, about that. It's really fun. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, what I'm calling Big Catan. Big Catan. But it's Catan 3D. It's a 300 pound box of Catan. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, and then um, we'll also talk about Charlie's new journey into being the very best. She's going to catch them all. I'm That's so right. excited. She's getting into Digimon. Oh, That's no. not right. <laughs> she's doing Pokemon cards. Oh. Uh, she's really into it now. Um, she's... I'm buzzing. It's been like two weeks and I've spent so much money. Yeah. So I'm we'll, like we'll talk a bit about... 110% in. We'll talk a bit about Charlie's um, <laughs> new, new habits and... Um, <laughs> And uh, like, Charlie's hyperfixation once again. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start at the top. Um, so the Vason scenario. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I like, first of all, like scenario wise, I like mm. that we've put another scenario in because last time the mm. Call of Cthulhu one yeah. was one of my favourites. Um, and it's, I've not played Call of Cthulhu, I've not played Vason, but these make me want to. Yeah. Like absolutely. I read them and I'm like, this is really interesting. Like I wonder if. Could, could I DM this? Maybe I could DM this. You I kind could. of want to. Yeah. Um, so it might be might be one that I try over the course of Halloween. That'll be the excuse. It's like, well, yeah. we've got to do something Halloweeny. Let's let's do this phase and scenario. That's right. Because it is it's really interesting. So I obviously can't read if you're gonna if you're not gonna DM it. If you're gonna play it, don't read it. But it's worth a read. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, just it, in even if you were just thinking, shall I pick up Vazen? Yeah, not? yeah, yeah. Um, this is better than, to be honest with you, this is better than, than any of our reviews of it. Uh, sorry, Richard. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> oh, because it's the actual okay. thing. It's the actual thing. Yeah, the actual thing does speak for itself. <laughs> yeah, you know. um, I'll give it that, but still. Uh, okay. It says it's, it's 14 pages in the magazine, so it's a big, chunky thing. It's re- you really um, get into it. I, f- I feel we, we maybe did, did the Call of Cthulhu scenario, which was very exciting and really nice because of its size. Um, maybe we did a slight disservice by, I think we did that in 10 pages. Um, I, it, I think I think, I think I think if, I think if we gave them a bit more space, it would have been even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Thing is, though, I think once you start designing a scenario, mm. you can put so much into it. Yeah. So it's 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 the the filling in available space, isn't it? Like if you gave me five hundred pages in one scenario, right. I'd be like, ha Yeah. Great news. It but. did it did come out as like a really the the Call of Cthulhu scenario did come out as like a really tight scenario. So yeah. I quite like. that. I love it. I, um, it's it's a standout for me. It's one of my favorite yeah. things that we've done. I still haven't even played it. <laughs> Like, yeah. just from reading through, I'm like, yes. Yeah, my, I, need I, to learn this I do have a great sadness. I'm always going to have to GM the things we put in the magazine because yeah. I'd quite like to just play this because it's really good. And also because it's because Basin's. You can still all, play Basin. I still can. Get yourself a DM for everything Basin else. in general. Do yeah. uh, like for Mythic Britain. Yeah. Or even, I mean, normal Basin, but Mythic Britain is yeah, I've the read, one that's... I've read all the Basin books now. Okay, definitely Mythic Britain then. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've read one of them. <laughs> Hold uh, on. <laughs> so this is, this is exclusive to us um, until it gets published in Mythic Britain. Um, so that'll be, I think, I think it's early next year. It's coming out. Nice. Um, I think that's right. Uh, Do you want to give like an overview of what Basin is in terms of? Yeah, I suppose that would help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Basin is a investigative game of uh, uh, you and a group of your buddies. Are you all part of a society? All people. You're um, Thursday's children. You've all got the sight. Um, so you, you are able to see these um, weird and wonderful creatures of folklore that everyone else just thinks um, just don't exist, um, but still suffer from the effects of. Um, and this could be anything from a spooky ghost that's haunting a pub, or it could be, in our case, um, a, just a, a, a spooky lady. A spooky lady. Haunting an area. Um, and the general premise of Vason is that you are going to take uh, you and your gang of friends um, out to investigate what the problem is you've been invited in a sort of Scooby-Doo kind of way um, to you receive uh, a letter you receive a letter uh, and then you are uh, whisked away to that part of the countryside uh, usually the countryside um, where you are uh, basically abandoned and uh, you have to work your way out to what's going on Um, and then there'll often be sort of like a murder mystery element to it and then there's also a working out like what kind of basin it is, what kind of folklore you're dealing with, mm. um, and then finding out the way to uh, finish it off. And I'm going to level with you here, a little spoiler for you. Um, you you're not going to kill it by um, killing it. You're not going to win by um, like punching it to death. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's a supernatural being. Um, you, what you have to do is instead you have to discover the history and um, story behind the basin and either help it uh, find its resting place in some in some cases, or uh, perform a kind of rite of some kind um, to to complete. It. And and often in doing these rites, um, and I think it often, this often gets compared to Call of Cthulhu for this. Um, there is often a sense of like um, very normal people like having to give something up mm. in in having to do that. So um, so if you're looking for like a uh, fun twisty turny mystery to play this Halloween. Um, you best run on down yeah. to uh, to WH Smiths um, or yeah. where, wherever you are, wherever you buy your the, um, friendly local game store. Your um, friendly local game store. The, yeah, the nice thing that I like is that obviously Vazen itself is Scandinavian folklore. Yes. So incredibly interesting, but also there's there's not as much sense of recognition. Mythic Britain is like, mm. right, we're taking the British folklore and we're going to do this. So there were elements in this that I was like, oh, I wonder if that's this. And you read on, you're like, oh, it is this. It, c- yeah. it could well be this. It does have that link because yeah. they all have the same link. But yeah. <laughs> it, it was really nice. There's a there's a little bit of familiarity and a little bit of like, oh, well, that's cool. I could actually go to that area. Yeah. I'm going to say a weird thing here. It's a bit like the Wingspan expansion for Europe. <laughs> Where it's just like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because my review of that was literally like I liked it because I could 
see birds in my garden that yeah. <laughs> are in the game now. Ticket to Ride Europe is another. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> we just we just like localization. You we like like a little nod to. Yeah, you like to see it. You like to see you like to see <laughs> things you recognise, especially when it's done in this way, which is unearthing um, something that a lot of people don't necessarily know about or only know about in a sort of um, uh, tangential way because it's because yeah. it's not um, uh, it's not like classic fantasy from Britain. Mm. You know, it's not Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's f- the folklore of yeah. Britain, which is very different, a very different thing. And, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, a little bit rawer in lots of ways and lo- also a lot softer. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of kind of really interesting. So uh, hopefully um, that's convinced everyone to come and buy this fine magazine. Convince me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> um, on that, can I, I'm just going to um, deviate wildly. Go on. Because um, I've got this. I've got this right here, which is I've recently been Ooh, getting, getting back into Call of Cthulhu. Love it. Because I've been playing the, um, I've been playing the solo game, uh, solo book, uh, which is uh, Alone Against the Tides. That's a solo book. Yeah. Can I call post play dibs? Yeah, you Thanks. can. Um, and it's really good. I feel like I definitely should have known that, but yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I probably um, did. There's <laughs> only okay. so much room in my brain. Yeah, there. No, it's fine. Tuesday morning. It's fine. It's um, it's pretty jolly. It's yeah. a it's a really good time, and it, what it is reminded me that I actually really like the Call of Cthulhu system. So that's a percentile roll under system. It's, mm-hmm. it's similar to the the um, Mutant Zero Year Zero system in the sense that it's just not D and D or D and D like. Um, and so, as in, it's like very straightforward. Yeah. Um, and there's things like, um, so in the in the solo game, um, uh, so if you want to pass a test in Call of Cthulhu, all you, all you do is you roll under your your skill level, which is expressed as a percentage. Mm. Um, the DM can ask for it to be a harder roll for you, in which case it will be a, a quarter or or a um, a half or a quarter, sorry. So like a, a, you know, a quarter, under, rolling under a quarter of it would be extremely difficult. Um, uh, but like that's like actually quite an elegant solution because what it means is all your there's no like modifiers in that way, um, not or not really. Mm. Uh, and that playing it through on the solo game reminded me how much yeah how much I like that. Um, and even you feel a bit silly sometimes uh, making some of the, the funny choices. You made. And also in my first game, I rolled a couple of like. Um, uh, like ones, which are like critical successes. Bad. Oh, good. Because we're rolling under. Oh. Um, which is um. Oh, my little dean de- brain would yeah, struggle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but the thing is, actually, isn't is, it feels quite natural once you once you get into it. Um, but and and, and after that, I went and picked up the scratch scratch. Scratch scratch. Uh, which is a um, uh, I'm hoping to run this with my friends, and this is a one shot. Yeah. Written on an aeroplane on the way to a convention because someone had dropped out. Oh my god! <laughs> um, it's by Lynn Hardy, who has written spooky books, I think. Nice. Um, someone will correct me that I've uh, really, really done her in by not um, not mentioning uh, all of the names of all of her books. Um, but it's a uh, nice. Um, Eng- it's an English folklore. Um, <laughs> uh, an English folklore setting again. Um, and very similar to the, the vase setting we've got here. Oh, cool! So, if it, I, I thought it was worth mentioning that scratch, scratch, yeah, scratch. And it's, and it's about um, well, you know, hearing things in the walls, isn't it? Um, <laughs> about hearing things in the walls, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, you know how it is. I know. You know how it is. You know how it is when the the green man needs to be appeased by something. You know, you know what it's like. You know what he's like, the green oh. man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of green men. Necrons. Let's talk about Necrons. Let's talk about Necrons. <laughs> what is Necrons, Charlie? <laughs> it's like the most wonderful thing. So, what I, I need you to picture Play-Doh, right? Lump of Play-Doh. I'm doing it. That's that's the amount that you're allowed. That that's how many minions and such all need to be made out of that one stack of Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. And then they give you these little books that have little molds in them, and you take out some of your Play-Doh from your pile and you squish it and you squish it together. And then out pops your little model that you use that sits on your on your little thing as your warrior. Mm. And then you just carry on going until you've used up all the Play-Doh. So you might go like, right, I'm going to go for three big ones because I think the aggressive ones are better. But then you've only got three because you've used up all your Play-Doh on that one. And then you attack, right? And the best thing, the best thing about this is that once you win your fight, you have these little rings that you use to then smush 
other, like the opponent that you've murdered. This is delightful. The sheer joy, A, of being like, I made that. The 10 minutes at the beginning where you're like squishing everything together and it comes out really nicely if you don't scrimp on the Play-Doh because... That is, a way, that is a way to cheat and some yeah. people, such as those, some people we work with... Oh no, I'm labelling him. Murdo cheated. Yeah. 100% cheated. He couldn't yeah. even tell what his stuff was because he didn't yeah. put enough Play-Doh in. Yeah. Which ha- is, I call you out, Murdo. Yeah. I'm calling you out. Yeah. But... <laughs> if you don't scrimp, um, then you get all of them, and then just smushing them is a sheer delight. It it's is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and I um, I was buzzing about it when we played it. I'm still buzzing about it now. It's um, it's kind of like the combat is like joyously binary. Um, so like long range attacks, like it's you know you have to roll more hits than their defense. If you do that, you kill them. If you don't, that's fine. It was just like then you carry you, on. You carry on. If it's hand to hand combat, however. Um, if you don't roll more attacks in their defence, uh, you get squished. So it's, it's just everything just builds up to that joyousness of squishing. Yeah. And um, I can appreciate, like, if you play 100 games of it, then you might not find as much joy in squishing. But I feel like I would always find joy in squishing. I think you always would. I think it would become increasingly more tactical because of the, because the blobs of Play-Doh that you've squished become terrain. So you have to, like... You could, I, I'm sure there's a tactic where you send in a wave of small enemies and then you hide like long range things behind them. Oh, interesting. So, I'm sure there must be something like that where you can basically create a little funnel, a death funnel um, <laughs> for, your, for your enemies. Um, so um, it's a surprisingly um, tactical war game for what it is. And it uses like a dice allocation thing. So you roll some dice, you apply you know, some walking and some fighting uh, to different monsters so then you get to move all of that type of monster and then it's the next person's go to do the same thing yeah they're, they're legit it's a legit game with mechanics like i appreciate i'm excited about the squishing yes, yeah but it is a legit game and a really good way to be playing quite a tactical game without necessarily even realizing that you're doing That's it because yeah. you're too distracted well, by speaking of not realizing that you're doing it i um we arrived quite late on talking meet our friends in wales um on friday we arrived quite late and so uh, put the babies to bed and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and I said, do you just want to have a look at this? Because it's kind of funny. Like, have a go at making some of these. And then, before we knew it, we were having like a four-player game, <laughs> um, which is uh, just hilarious. Um, a, two, a two-player game is pretty good, but uh, when you've got more people than you really should have yeah. at the table on the tiny battle you know, map thing, yeah. um, it's uh, it's really good because it's just chaos. Um <laughs> And the carnage is uh, incredible, but um, but they basically, my friends, they just sort of went, just went into it with you know a good heart, yeah, and um, and then very much were just ready to play immediately after yeah. they started making the stuff, yeah, um, and that was that was all it took. That was all it took to convince them to. Um, if I'd sat down and said, "Hey, do you want to play a, a tactical war game um, where we have to actually measure things out, and then like we just win by rolling dice at each other?" Yeah. People would probably say, "No, Chris, I don't want to do that." Yeah, I feel like I was tricked into playing a war. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> they'd say, and I'd say, "Yes, you are, but in a different way." We all are. Um, that's Necromancer. We we think it's really good, um, and you should definitely pick it up. Uh, it'd be a great Christmas present. Um, this was the thing. You know, like we played it, and I immediately then googled it to be like, "Right, yeah. can I get it in time for Christmas? Can I give it to one of the?" You may just be able for? to, yeah. but, you w- but you will have to. Currently, you have to get it imported. There are. That's the problem: is the shipping costs. <coughs> And it's generally the the problem right now is yeah, shipping costs. Yeah. But uh, there's meant to be a, there's meant to be like a worldwide release, like retail release. Yeah. Um, but it's might not happen this year. Mm, um, understandable. But it's you know Next it's fine. But he, but I have on good working claim that if you email him, he'll at least work it out for you okay. and give you the give you the numbers and what it will cost you to get it um, to get it uh, sent over. Nice. So. Uh, Yes, um, a creator we, we should all support, I think, because um, it's not often you get a game like this that's this yeah. silly. This is the kind of game that um, Restoration Games would remake. Yes. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. This, should, this is a, um, like a, a silly kids game that's a bit too good yeah. um, that everyone would have really fond memories over. And it is, it is an exercise in nostalgia in trying to make like a crap 90s toy um, <laughs> full of like goo and slime and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, you push the brain and stuff comes out the nose um not sure what that one was that's the one i had (laughs) (laughs) anyway so there's that yeah yeah that's good yeah that's necromods um do you want to say anything more about it um the only thing i was like the the only frustration that i think i had with it was difficulty in working out which monsters were which 
because initially at least while you're trying to work out this okay this is the one that looks a little bit like a horse but then the picture on there the card wasn't as easy to dictate that was i mean so i will be honest there are drawbacks to it but if you're playing with a group of kids and you make it as like accessible as possible yeah i mean i will say we also played with like all of the expansions straight away so all of the extra monsters and if we if we if we played like the base game which is kind of what i reviewed um uh you would you would the it'd be much easier because there's only three monsters in the base game oh i can handle that yeah whereas we had eight or nine different varieties to choose from yeah something like that there were a lot in there and some of them were complex yeah some of them are like like veggie toad veggie toad or fungix, which I can't remember. Which one. Really cool little constructs. That's really fun. Yeah, they are very nice. Um, so yeah, Necromods. Necromods. Um, Charlie's favourite war game uh, of the month. Um, of the year. <laughs> probably is of the year. Uh, probably we mo- my favourite war game actually. Yeah. Should we, <laughs> we move on from 3D molds to 3D molds? 3D molds. And talk about <laughs> Catan. The, the 3D I mean, the pitch edition. was right. I've got I've got Catan, but how about we make it taller? That's yeah. that's what's happened here. <laughs> yeah. And then let's make it like what three hundred pounds? It is allegedly three hundred pounds ah. at an RRP level, um, so it will be cheaper for you in the shops. But um, it's a crazy thing, and this um, this is this was Charlie's first time playing Catan. Yeah, again, so go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. I've always, the thing is, though, I've, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think problem, of Catan? Well, there's there's a lot to this, right? So the problem with Catan is that everybody's played Catan. So when I then got into board gaming and tried to play it with my friends, their logic was, no, we've already played it. There are better games. There are other games. We've moved past hmm. Catan. So I've never played it, and I've always had a bit of imposter syndrome about it that this is everyone's gateway game, and I've never played it. So. Chris produces a 3D version of Catan. Like, do we want to play this? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And honestly, it's delightful. I understand why it's a gateway game. Um, Would I pay £300 for a version of Catan? I'm not so sure. But Mm. I can see why sort of the diehards would, Mm. I think. Um, And I can also see why Catan has got such staying power. So shall shall we describe what you get in the box? Yes. You get lots of new hexes, which are sorry, lots of the same hexes that you get in the base game. Yeah, but they're all three D printed, like textured, lovely textured, raised. maybe hand painted. I would say. Oh, that would make sense for the price tag. Yeah, I don't um, know for certain, but it would, they look they look probably hand painted. I would say because they're quite nicely painted. I yeah, think. Yeah, they are nice. Um, and they're not they're not like massively tall. You're talking like what? What's that? It's like a mountain. Yeah, an inch and a half or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, so mountains are only inch and a half, and, that, and we, it sounds like we're doing it down. It's obviously much more three D and thematic than uh, the normal Catan box. Um, uh, you get some nice little um, cities and roads and things, which are also three D printed. Yeah, you know, three or three D shapes. They're so gone on the wooden blocks of things. Uh, instead, you have. You know, like roads that have got cobbles on them and things like that. Yeah. Very amusing. Um, uh, all the tokens have been replaced by plastic tokens as well, which are also very nice. Um, and that's all good. Yeah. You know? It's very pleasant. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And our, I think one of the major problems we had with it, however, was that the readability of it is slightly worse yes. than a flat board. Yeah. Um, especially as I was doing, I was teaching to three people who had never played Catan actually, um, and I hadn't. I hadn't actually played Catan in. I'm gonna. I think it's probably been like five years until yeah. the other week um, since I last played Catan, and it reminded me of why it was so good, uh, which is that it reminds me that you're you meant to play Catan and the game's meant to last a very long time because you're having some beers and arguing about <laughs> what you're going to trade with people. Um, well, we were obviously playing a slightly higher pressure situation of uh, need to get it through through in a lunchtime. Yep. But, um, Learn to play, get a game yeah, out, yeah. one lunch. Yeah. Um, and so, do we like it? I liked it, but I would still be perfectly happy with paying like 15 quid for a basic Catan instead. Yeah. I feel like, again, this is one, Catan's one of those games where it's like, maybe get the travel version. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would be I'd be totally cool with the the little version. People tell me also that you should also only play with the um, Seafarers expansion. I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, considering this is my first Catan foray, I don't know. Mm. There's a, we did a really interesting thing a little while ago though on the different expansions. Mm-hmm. So I read through those, um, but 
in terms of which ones are best and such i don't know and then also the other thing is will those expansions work with the 3d I mean, I think everything's about the same size. Yeah. So I think it would work. It would just be a bit weird. I imagine they'll be doing 3D versions of the expansions as well, maybe maybe on shorter runs or something maybe. like that. Depends we'll see. I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, I liked it for the pictures I took of it. It looked cool. Yeah. But I can't, like, honestly in my heart... This isn't like the Descent thing, right? This isn't like the... Would someone pay 170 quid for this? And my answer was, yeah, that'd be kind of okay. Um, because you'd do that for a Kickstarter, mm. um, for everything you get in the box. This is this is kind of like an upgrade kit to your basic Catan. Yeah. Um, but a game that you've already got. Yeah. And I like it, but I like it because it's Catan. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't make things. Yeah. So much better. Um, uh, that I would definitely recommend it to everyone. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a video on it and compare the two because mm. I've had a look at the inside of normal Catan, mm. but as we say, my only experience is 3D Catan. Mm-hmm. So it might be that I look at normal Catan and I'm like, well, this is dreadful. I completely understand why. Why well, it must be 3D. Yeah, yes, yeah. 3D is the way forward. But yeah. I do like. I feel like this was like an Etsy. Do you know what I mean? That someone who's yes. poured a lot of love into creating, yes. and therefore because they well, spent hours on it, it's three hundred pounds. You could go on to Etsy and buy a 3D Catan that people would make. Um, one of our contributors, Matthew Vernal, his his um, uh, partner, um, she made him a like a clay one. Oh, cute. A clay Catan. Yeah. Um, which is like, yeah, it's cute, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. Um, and so he's basically got, he, so when I mentioned it to him, he said, yeah, I've got one of them, I've got one made Yeah, for me. see, this is the thing. Um, and it's just like... But, as, a, as a production, it feels weird, I think, yeah. is where I'm at. It's, a, it's, it's not that it's not a delight to have, because it absolutely is. And would it make a perfect Christmas present for a Catan player? Yes. Yeah. But it feels like it's an Etsy project, rather than yeah. a something that is mass-produced. Yeah. Um, and then the choice being smaller because it's handcrafted, whereas this is then mass produced. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can get my head around it yet. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is a bit tricky. I feel like um, it's an absolute must buy for you know if you run a local game shop where oh you, yeah, it'd be delightful to want to leave the game out. Or, Although would it be robust enough? Yeah, I think they're pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Um, uh, and you want people to come around, and I think it might even be better because you could spill beer on it and wipe it clean. You know? <laughs> don't, um, don't do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's <laughs> don't do that. Don't but, do that. But but also it would be fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got mixed feelings mm. about Catan 3D. Yeah. Uh, or Big Catan. Big Catan. Um, so shall we move on? We shall. From. I would like to very like. I'd like to lower the tone even further, the mood even further. Not <laughs> the tone. Not the tone. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, from one game of hexes to another game that includes hexes, which is Seven Moons, which I very briefly just want to talk about because okay. it's doing is attempted to do something noble. And while I gave it a maybe in the magazine and quite a cold maybe in the end, mm. um, I feel it's worth just a little thing to put in people's heads which is can we make roll and move good okay uh, that's my question for you you know uh roll and move is where you roll some dice and you move the number yeah, on the standard. dice um and we all think it's bad because of monopoly but could it be good yeah this game tries to do that you are it's a one to four player game set it's called uh, seven moons uh heroes of dragon reach um you oh, are it's got a cool name yeah uh, you are going to move across a hex grid using some dice rolling, and then you're going to do things like buy a horse to roll two dice, or get a dragon to roll two dice, nice. but also fly is over things. the same as... Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, horses can't... A dragon can't. is an upgrade to a horse. Uh, it definitely is, yeah. Um, you can't carry quite as much on the dragon, apparently, I guess, because you drop things, or dragons don't want to. Mm. I'm not sure. Um, it's got some interesting little sort of pseudo-RPG mechanics, like... Uh, if you stop in the wilderness, i.e. not on a road, uh, you have to roll for whether you get robbed. Um, <laughs> your goal is generally to... I that simple. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Um, uh, you go to uh, different parts of the um, 
the map to go to different places to get things like wood and steel and stuff like that. And then you go to the central city, uh, which I believe is called Dragon Marsh. Makes sense. Or maybe that is Dragon Reach. Can't remember. Um, you go there to sell them in the market for the value on the dice, on the market dice. And then once you've sold them, you re-roll those dice, ruining it for everyone else. And that bit of the game is really funny. So the economic puzzle is really funny. The idea that you're basically racing back to uh, ruin the market for everyone else because <laughs> they've all they're all heading back with their steel that's currently worth five gold. But when you re-roll it, it might be worth one. Um, that's funny. But ultimately, it does all boil down to you just have dud turns where you roll two and you're like, okay. Great. That's it. Yeah. You know. Um, but so the question I'm putting out there is because it is, it is a noble attempt and you know the game looks kind of nice um, I kind of want to like run an RPG on the map of it um, you could do you could like literally do that I think that'd be quite a funny thing to do um, but these are all things that aren't aren't the game mm. um, oh sorry and also I should just mention for those who are who are interested in the game um, it's a two part game where the second part is cooperative um, so once the moonrise track the Shadow Army heads up the Moonrise track. Once they hit the top Moonrise um, value of seven or something, um, they uh, you then go into second phase, which is where uh, you are playing out cards from the Shadow deck, um, two of which you already know, which is kind of like a a kind of like hidden agenda thing almost. Mm. So everyone gets like two cards at the start, and then you shuffle them together at the end to right. form the deck. Right. Um, so you know something of what's coming, but not, but not everything. everything. But you can infer it from other people. There's lots of interesting ideas, yeah. right? Um, um, but that end thing is basically like a tower defence thing where you roll some dice based on the number of allies you've accrued in your city and defences, and you roll them all together. Uh, the total value needs to be the realm score, and then you have a like individual city score, which yeah. just, just uses your own dice. Okay. Yeah. So quite cool. And if you've got... You get an extra dice if you've got like a matching ally type right that's useful um and it's fine we couldn't lose that last round we tried a few times we just couldn't lose in any way interesting yeah so we found it we think it's not been balanced that last round has not been balanced properly in right. some way. so and that's kind of like the problem the whole thing which is it's not quite as polished and it's it's from uh gunpowder studios who uh we Quite like, quite like a lot. We like um, Bag of Dungeon. We think that's like a I fun. Thought that Bag of Dungeon. It's a, it's a, that's a really fun um, attempt at a roguelike on the tabletop, and it sort of leans into the ACI art um, or ASCII um, art of of those games. So I say art, just the ASCII presentation of those games, um, and in that it embraces the randomness and all this sort of stuff. Here, that randomness is detrimental to having fun. Mm. Um, so yeah, there we go. If if you're listening to us at home and you can think of a roll and move game that you love, uh, please write in. Let us know. And from there, we're talking about gaining allies. <laughs> we're going to talk about Charlie's new allies. Oh, I'm obsessed. Um, in the form of uh, Pokemon. It's a long time coming, really, isn't it? Like, I'm surprised yes. I held out this long. <laughs> As someone who loves collectible stuff and, like... Being able to unwrap stuff and unbox things, it seemed very much this is the the perfect foray for me, uh, is to head into the Pokemon trading card game. And my entire knowledge of Pokemon comes from either playing digital games, which are very different, um, or from the Pokemon Battle Academy, <laughs> which I stand by as one of the best teacher games that I've, I've seen, I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically it. I, decided after a couple of chats in the office we all sort of went well actually we kind of want to do let's do pokemon so there's now four of us we have trading card tuesdays which i said jokingly but is now becoming a thing um and i'm gonna my i've just bought a ton of ton of pokemon cards and i'm just enjoying opening them and understanding them and there's a bit of a mixture so it's a on the one hand it's a very welcoming community on the other hand you do get the gatekeeping which i'm really Mm. nervous around because well it's quite a it's not fun. It's a bit it's boring. Not fun, no. But no. most of the people I've reached out to have been at utterly delightful. So I am sort of going through stuff. I'm p- popping it all on YouTube. Um, I will get better at working out how to do the YouTube videos in a format that's nice to because I'm still playing about with it. Um, but I'm having a delightful amount of fun. Yeah. Just mm. trying to work out what earth is going on. So, I've come in at celebrations as well. So 
Yes, it's a good a, time. It's a good time. It's a good time. So, yeah, I can see here you've got a, a box of celebrations. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Christmas chocolates. Yeah, I'm talking about right. the 25 I've, years of Pokemon. I've got an Elite Trainer box, and I've also got the Dark Sylveon box. Yeah. And they're to, I'm going to unbox those today, I think. Yeah, Charlie's going to rip into those today, and that's that's quite exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think the um, the gatekeeping part that you're talking about is particularly interesting uh, because we, we, we sort of talked about this as a thing because it's because you're a woman. Yes, there's there's a certain amount of it. I I think Pokemon is actually one of the more accessible ones mm-hmm. for being a woman. I've I've talked to you before about walking into any local game stores or walking into local game stores, mm. and not all of them are yeah. as welcoming as others. Which is why I'm always so excited when the ones are, um, and that's the same I find with this side of things is commenting on things in like Facebook groups, for example, mm. and the the responses you get aren't necessarily fun because you've asked a question yeah. or because you don't know um but then on the other hand you'll reach out to people and go hey i'm starting out and they're like oh my goodness let me tell you this i'm going to work on this and you can have this it's mm. like that's a lot of effort that's really yeah. appreciated um but what i like is everyone's everyone's got sort of a passing knowledge of pokemon so mm. i can talk about quite a lot of it even though there's so many that i don't recognize so many mm. pokemon that i'm not familiar with i know the originals and then i came back yeah. in it can i say it feels like they're making them up at this point i mean the naming <laughs> choices on some of them are a bit questionable but i think they always have been <laughs> but i know sort of from like sun and moon actually no a little bit before that yeah but mostly sun and moon onwards i'm familiar with um so it's what i found fascinating though is then talking about this in the office is we had one person who plays magic mm. but is now like oh actually i'll, I'll try on pokemon one person who's just interested in opening and finding out what stuff is, but he always did the stickers. Yes, Murdo. This is Murdo again. This is Murdo again. Um, uh, who we should just have on the stickers. podcast eventually? Because I think it'd be quite interesting to just talk to Murdo about what he thinks about a lot of these things. Because, could, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like on the outside but looking in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we also discovered that Bam Charlotte Bamford is our like resident Pokemon expert. She is. So we've gone from not really discussing Pokemon necessarily to it being like a morning catch-up lunchtime catch-up end of the day catch-up and i am loving it It, it, it's a bit of a cult in the office i've not joined in with this because i really don't have the uh disposable cash to throw it um yeah i shouldn't be throwing the disposable the only thing that makes me feel better as i'm doing that thing that we did during lockdown where it's like support local business and i'm like that's my excuse is i'm not just buying it for me i'm also buying it from friendly local game stores which means i'm supporting local industry in my that does mean that does mean that there's a very culty sort of like oh there's a new drop uh coming at the the friendly local game store who gets like gets stuff in like on order basically and stuff like that and so there's like the conversations in the office are very much like like you're shipping in something um illicit into the country <laughs> into the country or something like that like yeah, it's really hard to get hold of you really know hard to get hold of. Yeah. yes it is isn't it? and i was very cross because murdo got his the day before i got mine yeah. <laughs> that was totally unfair i'm more excited and yes, this is the this is like the tone of the office. And like, it's very good. It's very good. That's, it's been a long time. It's interesting because we've been talking about like the different the different reasons people are mm. getting into the Pokemon. So there's the sort of from from the I want to buy these so that I can sell these cards on perspective. There's the I want to play this game perspective, mm. and then there's I just sort of like the cards perspective. Yeah. Um, and I was chatting about this with my other half, and was like, I'm I'm clearly like I want to play. I want to create, be able to create a deck from mm. the stuff that I've made, and and the whole point of it will be to play. But I also like having lots of them. I like mm. having all the different artwork and seeing the multiples, and I like this. It's like I'm not really sure where I fit. Um, and he just turned to me and he was like, You're the person that just likes opening stuff. Yeah. He was like, that's what you like. Do you like open it and be like, oh, I've got this and I've got this. That's where your excitement comes in. And I was like, I am perfectly poised with the amount of unboxings that I do. <laughs> Actually, this fits, this is almost like a personality trait at this yeah. point. <laughs> I think it's um, uh, is maybe the best bit. Yeah. Like, it's fun to, like, you know, build decks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I really like I like the thinking about decks thing. I think I, that's what I like about card yeah. games or, or did when I had... A, time to invest in them in that, in that kind of way um uh but i think yeah the opening and getting something cool uh which is very much on the end of like having an encyclopedic knowledge of stuff yeah this so this was my very first thing is that if i pull something cool from an etb mm. i'm not gonna know i don't know what i want i spent too long with bam if i pull something cool from an elite trainer box okay. because i got the shining fates training box yeah first. everyone at home probably knew that but I've this is the thing like I'm doing my videos for it because I'm going to track as I go through sort of learning more and more mm. and asking more and more questions and that's that's a lot so that people can tell me stuff because mm. I want to learn from people 
and this is me going, I don't know what I'm doing, but please help. Um, is that like, if I get something good, am I going to know that it's good? Aside yeah. from the fact that, hey, this looks great. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose the question is, what's good? And that comes back to the thing of, I mean, you're just happy to have it, aren't you? Which is, well, yes, it is. <laughs> but at the same time, it's nice to know I've got something cool. So this is yeah. why I've, I've brought Bam in a couple of times. Yeah. And I'm, I'm determined to do so more because she's wonderful. Um, just to be like, right, you, you tell me if this mm. is good. It's like Murdo had one of the, it was like a gold one. I can't remember what it was. And he was just like, oh, I've got this. And Bam lost it. I was like, I can't believe you've got something really good and you're not even excited about it. And we were like... Didn't know it was good, to be honest. <laughs> he's a very relaxed man. I mean, he's very chill in general, <laughs> but <laughs> he had got something cool. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's starting from scratch and being really excited about it. I am buzzing for this. So yeah, Journey's going to be tracked. I'm going to um, do videos with unboxings. I'm going to try and talk about it. I'm going to try and work out the best ways to get into stuff. Because mm-hmm. like at the moment, um, I'm a couple of boxes in. I still haven't got enough to play a deck, which is interesting. Oh, you definitely... Oh, because you don't have enough energies and stuff? Uh, Not energies. uh, Things like... So the recommendation online was something like you need like up to 20 trainer cards. Right, right, for like a competitive deck. Yeah, so for example, I have a ton of trainer cards from them, um, but some of them are specific. So this will work on your Vaporeon, for example. But Uh, I don't have a Vaporeon, so there's no benefit to me having that in my deck. Not yet. You've got low synergy Not yet. But I have bought Sylvie on deck and then I've bought the tins for... Well, I'm getting yeah. the tins for Christmas because it's nearly that time where I can start, like, front-loading my... Yes, right. <laughs> Here's all the gaming stuff that I would like this year. Yeah. Um, should, well, should we do that now, actually? Should we do... What, a Christmas wish list? What is our... Family, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, what is our recommendations to buy us for Christmas? <laughs> Mine is just Pokemon cards. Yeah. Pop down the shops, £3.50. Yeah. Well, depends which ones you get, but on a good day, £3.50. Yeah, I think I want some brushes to paint some miniatures. Oh, interesting! I think I want I like some fresh brushes because yeah. like, I've been using some really rank old ones. <laughs> I kind yeah. of wanted a kit. I think I can't remember who I was talking to about it. I want like a large size model. Mm. So like you know the D and D ones, for example, from WizKids. Mm. Like they're not. They're, we're not talking tiny miniatures. This is exactly. Like, I want like a proper one. This is exactly my route. In, where yeah. it gives me a paint, all of the paints that I need, and yeah. the brush, and then step by step, it's like right, first of all, do this. First of mm. all, do that. Because I don't know the first thing about mm. painting miniatures. I've got a friend that does. I'm going to message him and be like, uh, do you want to teach me, please? Mm. You should. Uh, I keep watching little videos now. Getting, I'm sort of getting into it. Good. It's, kind it's of, exciting. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Seen a new, <laughs> it's not weird at all. I've seen a new uh, base layer technique, which I think is going to be really good. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they do. I can tell you what it is now. Um, <laughs> they, you, get, you get the... the your black base coat, right? And then you do um, like a dry brush white highlight on the bits that you want to stand out in a sort of, if you want to do like a um, uh, pseudo comic book superhero y look. Right. Um, and that uh, means then when you start putting layers on that, yeah, it comes through lighter light from those bits oh. and darker in the recesses and stuff like that. Sounds like it makes sense. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I've uh, uh, come at it from a uh, very different place, and now I'm and now I'm at a point where I'm actually trying to learn things like blending. Blending, that's fun. That's interesting. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I mean, I don't, I don't know these things. Yeah, I enjoy them. Like so, um, Luke in our office will often mm. come in and tell us about new techniques and new ways to yeah. paint stuff or new things he's done. Because we got excited, <sighs> didn't we, about magnets? Yeah, when we put magnets on the bo- on yes. the bases of his stuff, and we were like, "This is a great idea." I've just remembered, I meant to bring that box in for him. I keep forgetting, keep leaving it at home. I have left him with my conquest dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm waiting for. I'm excited yeah. when they come back. So what Luke does is he's got a, a, a sort of magnetic strip, not strip, um, plate or something basically, um, which is probably like a craft shop thing. He sticks it at the bottom of a basically a lunchbox. Yep. Um, then he his miniatures. He puts a tiny little bit of metal, little metal. Um, I don't know, like what would you even call it? A blob. Of just metal. Magnetic. They're magnetic. And, it and then you just glue that to the bottom under the base because you know they're sort of like raised or whatever. And then they all just stay perfectly in place when you're travelling and you have no none of the stuff that I, you know, worried about as a kid taking my, you know, uh Warhammer around and stuff like that was just it doesn't smash up and you don't lose the pointy bits and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know? So it's 
Um, it's really, really smart. I thought it's just it was really, really obvious. Really, <laughs> we were yeah. so excited by it. We were like, yeah. we should have thought of this. We were literally sitting there saying, like, do other people do this? And he's like, yes, everyone does it. <laughs> and like, it's just, wait, we can't, like, we can't, like, market this and put it on Kickstarter. And he's like, no, everyone does it. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Yeah, that was it. Um, so uh, we've sort of rambled off the cliff here, haven't we? We did very well till that point, though. We've, yeah. We've come off topic at the very end rather than yeah. the, the entire way through, which uh, is our general so, memo. Uh, I feel like we've caught them all in this podcast. There's always more to catch. Yeah, there are, and I don't get them. I don't understand them. <laughs> I gave up on, what's the second generation, like silver and gold? Uh, oh, God, it's gone out of my head now. I think that's the, I think that's the one I stopped at in terms of playing the Game Boy games. Um, I mean, I'm watching Wassie's history of Pokemon cards. Right. And I feel like the second set was something like Jungle and Forest, and I was like... That feels a bit more epic than the colours that we get now. Oh, I see. I know we've gone Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield, but, you know, like, yeah. X and Y, great. What does that even mean? Yeah. It sort of didn't mean anything. I think, was X and Y the third Game Boy generation? I can't remember the order was of them. Was that Sun and Moon? I, I, played, I played X and Y. Sun and Moon was the 3DS one. Okay. So you yeah. jumped quite far forward with Sun and Moon. Yeah. Because that was where I came back into it. Okay. This is the thing. There's so many, and they're yeah. not. They almost represent different areas of your childhood. <laughs> they're trying to pick out. Yeah. At this point, I was playing this, but is that because it was cheaper at a second-hand shop and I managed to pick it up, or is that because it was mm. the latest one that was out at that point? Like, so I was I was the first kid to have Pokemon in our school. Oh, all right, brag. Because we happened to be on holiday in America at the time it came out. Nice and. Like when you were like, I don't know, whatever I was, 13 or whatever. Um, uh, it's just like, um, and this is back when the pound was worth something. So, like, you go to Walmart and it's like, this is all basically free. Yeah. Um, it's just like, this, is a, cra- those days. this is a crazy place. <laughs> Look at all this free stuff they have. This Game Boy game is free. Um, and I spotted it and I was like, that looks all right. I remember, I remember playing it on my Game Boy and being really, really excited with it. And then, um, Make them go back to get my brother the other one, the red one. Yeah. I, got, I got blue, he got red. Um, and we went back and got got one. And I remember, also the other thing is, is I kept a little journal of what I'd caught. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Um, and then I realised that I didn't need to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> the game does that. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I was like, I thought, like I thought, it was like the best thing ever, and I then I returned to the the British Isles two weeks later, and I was like, "Look at this, it's really cool." And everyone's like, "Yeah, I know, it's really mental. How have you got that?" You yeah, because they'd all actually. I think I'd missed the actual release of it or the announcements of it, right. or like the fever yeah, beginning. Yeah. But I'd been blissfully on holiday. Yeah, yeah. And picked this, managed it anyway, but, and th- but actually got it, you know, because it was like a couple of months before it actually came out in the, mm. in the UK. So. Um, so yeah, that was a really weird. That was my Pokemon experience. Yeah, is just this like I actually had a really like pure couple of weeks of just like sheer play, enjoyment, just actually enjoying the game. Yeah, and then um, before coming home and then realizing, oh, get a guide, um, argue with people about what is good. Yeah, all this sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. like all the actual social the stuff, which yeah, is yeah. good and bad. Um, but yeah, there we go. And now we are fully off the reservation. <laughs> we are into it's Chris's story time. This is what he's, I mean. Pokemon he's sundowning. Has, let's let's wheel him away. Everyone's got a story about like how they came across Pokemon, and I love hearing them. Like I just, they're usually so such nice little stories. Yeah. I mean, mind you, it's just a it's just a consensus that um, my dad thought it was a fad, so refused to uh, get Pokemon cards. Interesting. So I never had. Pokemon well, cards until someone gave me a stack of energy cards, which I later then gave to somebody else yeah. because there's not a lot you can do with them. No. Um, and making up games through energy cards, but there's nothing you can actually do with them. No. Um, and now I do not let it drop that Dad thought Pokemon was going to go away. Yeah. Um, and so for Christmas, guess what Dad's buying me? That's right. <laughs> and I've been like, this is because you didn't do it when I was six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you wouldn't have this problem now. <laughs> If I'd have collected them then, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you for joining us on this uh, Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. Thanks. Um, You can find us in all the usual places, tabletopgaming.co.uk. Our song 
Our song? Our song? Our song. The music for this episode and all episodes. I thought you were going to launch into a musical version. I was like, God, there was no planning for that. It's by Body in the Thames and it's called Cloud Meeting. Put that on the agenda. Uh, And you can get that on uh, bodythethames.bankcamp.com. Sure. Yeah. It's on Bankcamp. (laughs) You look at me like... You can get get it on Bankcamp. Podcast is your deal. You've got this. Yeah. Um, Come find us on YouTube. Yeah. Search for Tabletop Gaming. Charlie's on YouTube. Because that's the, stuff. the day that I'm having today. It's going to be a Pokemon field day. It's going to be a Catan field day. It's yeah. going to be some great stuff going on. Yeah. It's going to be great. Mm. I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to have fun if no one else does. <laughs> any Pokemon tips, please do let me know on any of our socials at all. If you search Tabletop Gaming, you can find you'll us. find us. You'll find us. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so the last thing day. I'd like you to ask all of you is to go to whatever system you have whatever way of listening to this podcast you have i'd like you to go there and find the maximum number of stars you can give us <laughs> and give us that many uh and then also write us a lovely review that says something like they sound great i do you know what i'd love to see in a review so you know those old like when you write to the editor in magazines okay yeah i want to see dear those sir. again yeah dear sir dear sir what would they say? Well, it's to you, so it's dear sir, because yeah. I have got a right thing at the moment with people yes, suddenly deciding yes. that my name is Charles and then addressing yes, me as nowhere. dear sir. Out of nowhere. There were like three in a week. It's like my face is in a lot of places. Yeah. You've <laughs> Come got, on. You've got, you've got one of those faces that's yeah, on the internet. Ah, yeah. It doesn't help that the contact form is to contact Charlie Pettit. Dear yeah. Charles, no. Why decide to do that? <laughs> I don't know, and it was three in a week. Yeah. Um, but no, just like it, just a general something a bit different because you read the reviews and reviews are absolutely wonderful. But like when you're looking at podcasts and you're like, should I pick this up? But they tend to say the same thing because they do. So as something a bit different, yeah. Pop in your favourite Pokemon. How about this? Write us an RPG table for items. <laughs> items you uh, find when um, find opening a, a series of derelict Pokeballs found in your uncle's attic. That sounds delightful. Uh, <laughs> That's what I want to read. Uh, Just a D6 table. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. All right. There's your mission. (laughs) Goodbye.